Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today we are diving into email marketing and specifically how to handle email marketing in a COVID-19 world. And right now we're in the thick of it as we record this. Obviously, we'll be hopefully coming out of it at some point. So some things to consider there as well. Hey, Brett Curry here. Before we dive into today's topic, I want to talk quickly about YouTube ads. People ask me all the time, what makes for a great YouTube ad? And it's true. The ad is the hardest part for getting YouTube to work. Now, I love the campaign structure. I love audience targeting. And I love tinkering with bids and using the smart bid algorithm. And I even like budget management. I like all that behind the scenes stuff. But I've seen it time and time again where the exact same campaign structure just limps along with a mediocre video. But you get the right video with the right message that resonates with people, and that same campaign structure just takes off. It scales. And so over the last couple of years, my team and I, we've been collecting good YouTube ads. We've been watching, we've been paying attention, looking at our own clients, looking at the numbers, finding what are ads that resonate and work on YouTube. And so we started building this little guide, this little guide that we use internally. And we started categorizing ads and giving them fun names like the manifesto and the UGC mashup and the have it all. And so we started kind of breaking down what elements in these videos make them work. And so I was speaking at a recent event, and I just happened to mention that this resource existed, and uh, people sort of clamored for it. Like everybody's like, hey, I wanna see the guy. I wanna see that resource. I wanna see all these successful ads. And so that's what we've done. So we put together this resource, kind of first time ever, gonna share it with a broader audience. It's free, so check it out and get our list of winning YouTube ad formulas with lots of examples. Let this be your inspiration for your next killer YouTube ad. So this is a free resource. We'll link to it in the show notes to this show, but you can also go to omgcommerce.com, click on resources and then guides, and it's the YouTube ad templates and guide. Check it out, and I hope it inspires your next killer YouTube ad campaign. And now, back to the show. My guest is the CEO and founder of Wavebreak, and they focus exclusively on email marketing. Uh, my my uh, guest is Dylan Kelly. He is hailing from Brooklyn, but got out just before everything got crazy in the New York City metro. I had visited just before everything got crazy in New York City. Uh, I think he's joining me from PA right now. But uh, Dylan, man, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time and, and really excited to dive into this topic. Yeah, Brett. Thanks for inviting me on and uh, really excited to to talk. Yeah. So you are typically in one of my favorite cities. I absolutely love New York. I was telling you before we hit record, I was there like March 7th, 8th, and 9th visiting clients and stuff. And then you know, kind of got out just before things got crazy. But you you got out just before things got crazy as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I bounce around. I'm like one of the, <laughs> those people. Like we're fully remote to begin with. Um, we actually had some of our team members get like caught in the digital nomad thing over like they were over in Asia doing some stuff. We had a copywriter over there and he had to get back to Canada. But um, luckily, I, I didn't have to do that. But um, but yeah, I made it out uh, <laughs> just in time back to Pennsylvania where we've got green grass and it just kind of feels 
I don't know. It's like a dream state here too, where it's like, it almost feels like everything's normal, except there's not a lot of people. Yeah, outside so, and places. It's so interesting. We uh, we we live just outside of of town where we live. We've got five acres, and so we can we can get out with the kids and go on a walk. And our neighbors have horses. And like so you're outside, everything feels normal. Then you drive through our nearest city, Springfield, and uh, you know it's it's empty in the evenings. It's really it's really bizarre. Uh, but you, you know, you and I were just talking ahead of time before we hit record. The numbers we're seeing in e-commerce right now are very interesting and, and really quite encouraging. So, so one of the things I'll share just real quickly, and then we're going to get into your background and, and also our, our topic for the day. But we, we built these dashboards where we can quickly see all of our clients. We serve about 85 growing e-commerce brands. We can see their day over day, week over week, month over month, and year over year sales, both in terms of the channels we control, Google Ads, YouTube, Amazon Ads, but then globally. And I was interesting, even in the early stages of this, like 67% of our clients were, were up and about 16% were kind of flat, especially when you were looking year over year. Um, and then, you know, the rest were, were down, some, some down just slightly, some down pretty significantly. But actually, the numbers have improved. I kept, I kept kind of thinking like the pessimist in me, which I'm, I'm a pretty optimistic guy, but the pessimist in me kept thinking, as we get deeper into this, this is going to get worse for e-commerce. It's actually been the opposite for most e-commerce. There's still some areas of e-commerce that are hit pretty hard. Uh, but it sounds like you guys are seeing the same thing, right? A lot of your clients are really growing right now in the midst of this craziness. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. I'm like you. I'm an optimist like from the start. So I like have this energy. But I'm also this person that's also very anxious. I guess that's how I balance out my uh, <laughs> optimism. So a few weeks ago when kind of like mid-March when everybody started freaking out and it almost like time slowed down. And that's when everyone I feel like was on Twitter seeing like, what is everyone else seeing? And you're checking your stats every day, like multiple times a day. Uh, you know, I was freaking out just like everybody else was. Um, but then just like you said, like started looking into the data and it's like, well, actually there's nothing to be afraid of. Um, sure, sales were down and it was really weird a few weeks ago where it was like day by day, week by week. I mean, you wouldn't even know what was going to happen next. But I think things are pretty steady now. And like you're saying overall, like, I mean, e-commerce is just going to just keep growing. And like, we're seeing the same thing on our end. I mean, nearly like we have those clients who are experiencing rapid growth and doing their monthly revenue in a week now, um, you know, and they're not even selling essential products, right? Think of something you're selling outdoor, like uh, a roller skate company we were with. I mean, they've like tripled their sales overnight. Um, and we can get into how you can use email to do stuff like that and communicate timely. But like on the other end too, I mean, even with things that are more kind of like, you know, a regular purchase that might not be essential, um, we still see sales going there. And like the biggest problem that I actually noticed after, you know, I've been hopping on calls with everybody lately, especially in the, in the thick of things. Because I wanted to know like what was going on. I wanted to share what I knew. And that's kind of the, what was going around then. Uh, but just which, which I will comment. This has been awesome in our community. I'm glad you're doing that. We've been doing that a lot too. But it does seem like you know, the e-commerce space, it is a relatively small community, even though it's spread out all over the globe. And I love how this industry has really come together. And there, there's just a lot of people sharing information freely, lots of free webinars, just, just people getting on and saying, hey, how, how can we help? Even if you're not a client or whatever, like how, how can we help? It's been really cool. Yeah, no. I, I mean, it's amazing. 
um, to see that and everyone's sharing what's working. I mean, I saw on Twitter a few weeks ago, people were like, hey, here's the exact funnel that's working for us right now that wasn't working a year ago or a yep. month ago. I thought that was cool. But yeah, I mean, overall with our clients, most of them are still growing month over month. The ones that didn't, uh, they did scale back on advertising, but usually it was inventory issues and had nothing to do with not getting returns on advertising or, or marketing. It's just, crap, we <laughs> oversold Q4 because we crushed it. And then we didn't plan for a bonus month off in China for Chinese New Year and right. this, this crazy thing happening. And But besides that, I mean, now that people are starting to get that figured out, I mean, it's just like, I saw one stat uh, that was like, e-commerce right now is still only 11% of all retail. But like with this, based on projections on how people are shopping online, like this has the potential to accelerate it to 70 to 80% of all retail in the next 12 to 18 months or something like that. I think that was a tweet from Webb Smith, but it's like, holy cow. Like if this yep. is only a 10th of all of the, you know, retail transactions out there with the numbers we're seeing now with the brands we're working with, it's just like, is this an obstacle or is this actually an opportunity? Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think ultimately it's both because you, you, you mentioned some supply chain issues and, and supply issues and things like that or inventory issues, but uh, I think it is a massive opportunity. And uh, what's interesting, you know, the, a lot of people are talking about, hey, Amazon is the winner in all this. And I do think Amazon is going to win big. But one thing we're seeing with a lot of our clients that sell on Amazon and on their own.com is that as Amazon is starting to focus in on essentials and just you know delivering the things that, that, that customers have to have, uh, we're seeing sales that, that used to be going through our, our client's Amazon account now coming to their .com. You know, and sometimes there's, there's been shifts of 30, 40, 50% increases on someone's .com because Amazon has slowed down. And so I think, I think off Amazon e-com is, is going to do exceptionally well right now uh, also. So uh, really excited to dive into this topic. We're going to get into email marketing and some do's and don'ts. And we're, we're seeing all kinds of uh, bad examples of, of what not to do or good examples of what not to do. Uh, but before we do that, let's talk a little bit about your background, Dylan. So, so what did you do prior to starting Wavebreak? How did you get into email marketing? Like, give us the the ninety second rundown of how you got here. Yeah, I mean, it's really crazy. I, I was just talking about this this morning, actually, to somebody. It's like, how the heck did I get in e commerce, direct to consumer, focused on just email marketing of all things? Um, but it was actually like a really. It was just an evolution of what I was doing before. So, grew up on the internet. I was that kid in high school in his bedroom, slinging affiliate marketing deals, like <laughs> throwing up these landing pages back when you could just rank and bank, and it was super easy. I think a lot of people in e commerce have similar backgrounds where it's just like you're just kind of on the internet. And then saw this wave um, around e commerce, and I saw, started seeing these cool brands popping up on Instagram, actually, like the movement watches and and like Pura Vida, like these companies started becoming popular, doing a lot of influencer stuff. That was around like 2015, 2016. And I was like, man, like this looks awesome. These are cool brands. Like I'm reading the stories. It's growing fast. I was like, how do, like, how do I be part of this? Like I have a marketing background. I wanted to create a legit company and a stable business instead of just like these random, you know, affiliate things or hustles that I was kind of running online. Um, and, and so I decided that, okay, based on my design background, I'm going to do conversion rate optimization for these companies because they're spending a lot on advertising. I'm going to help them make more money. Uh, so I went and uh, started doing that and landed a really awesome client. Um, you know, they're selling millions, one of those social brands. I can't say exactly who it is, but they... Um, You'll, you'll see why in a second. So they hired me. They were like my whale client paying the bulk of, well, pretty much all my bills at the time. I was just starting out. 
freelancer. And um, what happened was overnight, bigger brands started to enter Facebook and they just drove up the cost of ads like crazy. And they couldn't figure out how to profitably drive traffic anymore. And so I remember I was in the store and I get a text from the CEO of the company. He's like, hey, can you talk? And it's like, it's never good when someone's just like, hey, can yeah. You talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I call him when I get home and he's like, hey man, like we don't have any traffic for you to optimize. So we're gonna have to cancel. We'll send you some free product though. And I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. And then I'm like, <laughs> that's, that's not going to pay. Yeah. yeah. That's not going to pay. I'll, the trade, bills. I'll trade product for rent. Appreciate that. I know. Right. I, I think my landlord will like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, that really got me thinking. I'm like, holy crap. Like, you know, this isn't cool. And, you know, we're seeing now like just like the cost to acquire a customer keeps rising on Facebook. Even in these times we are now, it's like you talk to any brand and their return on ad spend is down year over year, year over year, unless they're working with someone like you who's who's really good good at what they do on ad, the advertising front. But just in general, it's getting more competitive, more expensive. So I went back to the drawing board and tried everything like from SEO to social media stuff, influencer stuff. It's like, what do we do? And that's when I came across email. I was like, there's no way this is going to work. And uh, I like, ran it through our first client. And then they ended up tripling their revenue off it because they had more profit on the back end to invest in their ads um, and just fuel growth for the company. I was like, well, that's crazy. I wonder if that'll happen again. And slowly but surely over the last few years, we've continued to you know, refine and hone those strategies on email. And now introducing you know, mobile messaging, loyalty and stuff like that with our clients and just building programs on the back end to really fuel growth. And what's crazy is not only do we uncover extra revenue that's already in their business, but it also gives them more opportunity to have more lifetime value to drive scale, which is super important because we're, I mean, we're seeing VC backed companies. It's like, even they can't make the numbers work, uh, which is why these kind of, the brands that we work with where they're like kind of bootstrap, you know, they take money here or there, but they're just smart about growth. It's like, they're focusing on profit and lifetime value. And that's how you're going to build a brand that lasts and build the next great direct consumer companies. Yeah, it it is so interesting. You know, customer acquisition costs are going up across the board year over year. We're we're seeing a a dip in in some costs right now. So so CPMs are lower on Facebook and I'm not a, a... Facebook ads guy, but I just I hear, uh, you know, cost per view is definitely down on YouTube right now. But conversion rates are also down in some cases, and you know, things will get back to normal at some point, and costs will continue to rise again. And so, that's one of the things I love about email marketing. One, it, it absolutely works, and and you have to do it. I don't see it going away anytime soon. But if you do it right, it allows you to spend more money on the on the front end. Uh, you know, doing top of funnel type marketing. And that's what we do a ton of. And so I love it when they're guys like you or people like you that, that help optimize the email flows because then I can be more aggressive on the advertising side. So uh, beneficial for sure. So, so let's, let's dive in and talk about uh, what's going on right now with email marketing. And, you know, you and I were kind of joking as we were talking about this a few days ago, you know, we've seen just Tons and tons of examples. I think I think every single email list that anyone ever subscribed to, you know, felt compelled to give us their COVID nineteen uh, update, whether we wanted it or not, and we didn't want it in most cases. Uh, what What do you see as the? Is that starting to slow down? And 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 why do you think that was uh, a bad idea? Or any, just any thoughts on that? Besides the obvious. Yeah. No. I mean. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually sent out an email, not about it. And my subject line was not an email about that. That's through a private newsletter. Yeah. Um, yeah. But not a COVID-19 um, update. Yeah, exactly. Um, we actually like wrote like a manifesto um, on like the, the future of e-commerce. Um, 
anyway, that's, we can get into that later, but um, yeah, I mean, in general, it's like, nobody cares that your support team is working inside. Like, it's just like, that's not gonna, like, I didn't yeah. ask. Yeah, yeah, you know? exactly. yeah, I think, I think that's the, and I think that's the ultimate lesson here is you felt compelled to answer a question that no one was asking you, right? Yeah. I forgot I subscribed to your software. I'm glad that you're taking care of your employees, but all you really did was remind me that I need to unsubscribe from your list. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, we sent some of those emails out for clients, but not to everybody. Like, hey, we're still shipping. It's more like an update if there was going to be a delay. It's um, very relevant in some we would send cases, that out. for sure. Yeah, yeah. But it's like so many companies were just blanketing it. Mm -hmm. um, and, and at the same time, it's like, I'm still getting some emails from that. And it's like, listen, people, people aren't worried about that anymore. Like you and I were talking, I mean, two weeks ago, people were freaking out. They thought it was the end of the world. Now that we've survived these few weeks, it's kind of like, okay, this sucks. Things are different, but we don't feel like we're going to die tomorrow. Or at least, yeah, you know, yeah. the most people don't. Yeah, for the most part. I think they're, they're definitely, you know, who knows what, what's going to happen in the future. But it definitely seems like, okay, hey, we're seeing a path back to normal, you know, curve is flattened, things like that. So, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, or flattening, I guess would be a way to say it. So, so yeah, I think there's definitely this hope that normal is on the horizon, which is good. So uh, let's, let's do talk about though, how, how have you shifted your message? Because I think, you know, these blanket COVID-19 emails and people, you know, companies answering questions that nobody's answering, that's not good. But how have you meaningfully shifted the messages in the emails for your clients? And, and let's talk a little bit, you, you mentioned to me a few days ago, you know, looking at Maslow's hierarchy of needs and how that's kind of shifted. So you, you want to speak to that just a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I can start with that. I, I think that's the important place to start is not because so many people look at email and marketing as like, I guess, tactics instead of like, what is actual consumer behavior? What is the actual strategy behind that? Which is the most important thing. Like that's why wave break can drive results that other people can't because we go so deep on strategy because we're really thinking about how consumers buy, not just how do we make a great email or find the winning sequence and craft it together. We think customer by customer, product by product, brand by brand, what really makes the most sense. And so like people always think it's crazy when I break it down like this, but um, I think it's going to make a lot of sense. Like what you're talking about with like the hierarchy of needs, like everybody knows the pyramid um, and how like at the top, it's just like the whole, that's where we were a few weeks ago. We're at the top of the pyramid. It's like we're communicating, be your best self, achieve your full potential because everybody's basic needs were met especially here in America where the majority of your customers live. Um, we're communicating to that level, but in a matter of days and even in hours, it's just like, I mean, things shifted fast and we jumped down that pyramid all the way down to where people are now like not thinking, how do I be my best self? But they're thinking more about safety and they're thinking more about community. And if you keep trying to market to the top of the pyramid, which is, hey, you know, be your best self in our leggings or, you know, act like nothing's going on in the world, it, it's just not going to hit. And that doesn't mean stop marketing. That's the worst thing you could do right now uh, because eyeballs are everywhere. Um, and we even see this with email, like open rates, they're higher than they've ever been. Email conversions are up 30%. Um, but it all comes back to like what, like, what the heck should I be sending right now? We should be thinking about community and you should be thinking about just like safety, like give people a break from normal. Uh, but at the same time, like let them know, like in the beginning, you wanted to kind of address it a little bit more head on. But now it's like, 
we're noticing you need to be less direct because we sent, we've been monitoring this very closely with our clients. And when we're more aggressive with our emails, and when I say aggressive, I just mean like, you know, sale offer and we're super direct, that type of thing. We notice that people are starting to get mad at that um, with certain messaging, just especially among demographics that are really affected by this. So if you think younger people, you think people who work paycheck to paycheck, if you run a company that sees sales spikes around, um, you know, when people get paid, it's like, that's something you want to take into account because these people might not be getting paid right now. So the wrong messaging could really make them mad. And, you know, people are stressed out. Like, they, like we'll get the most responses between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m. of like complaints from people. Yep. And yep. I've talked to people about Facebook who run Facebook ads and get comments like this. And they say like, they'll even reach out to the person. They'll find out the person was literally drunk. Um, but it's like, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if some of these people replying are in that place because it is a tough time. And it you want to make sure your messaging, you know, is like less aggressive. So instead of like, hey, sailings tonight, like you're dumb for missing out. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, here's a way we're giving back to the community, so on and so forth. Um, so like, for example, like we have a client who sells phone cases. Uh, we still ran an Earth Day sale to remind everybody like, hey, like it's Earth Day. The planet's more beautiful than it's ever been. And in addition, like they have a great charity uh, aspect of their brand. Uh, so they're donating to organizations that help uh, towards COVID-19 stuff this month. So we made sure to put that in too, where it's like, listen, like we're super relevant with the messaging. And at the same time, we're acknowledging it, but we're not going as aggressive as we were with like, hey, it's Earth Day. You got 24 hours to save, like be there, right, be right, square. Right. Yeah, Tuning it back a little stuff, bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, we a lot to unpack there. So, so I'll just leave it. Yeah, leave that, it no, that's, that's fantastic. And we'll kind of dig into a little bit. And, and you know, I, lo I love that you went to Maslow's hierarchy of needs and, and uh, finally getting something useful from uh, uh, some of the psychology classes in, in school. Uh, no, yeah. I, I like, I like psych, but um, so as we look at that, I think, you know, there may be some elements of getting back to self-actualization before too long. Like that could happen in weeks, you know, rather than months, who yeah. knows exactly. But I think definitely drilling into community and how do we help one another and, and safety, like you can't go wrong there. And so, um, uh, let's let's kind of un unpack that just a little bit. So, do you have do you have other examples? So, you you mentioned this one, the cell phone company. They're doing uh, some some charity efforts, and so the email was kind of about that. The hey, here's the Earth Day sale. And when you do that, you're helping others. I've seen that work for a few clients. Where uh, you know, one in the in the laundry detergent space was like, hey, for every item you purchase, we're donating something to these local shelters, you know, or, or, or do we're donating to first responders or things like that. In any other examples along those lines that you've seen working right now? Yeah. I mean, like ultimately you, you got to make it work for your brand, um, which every brand is different. Like if you don't have a charity aspect, you don't have to add a charity aspect to your brand. Like that's what we've been telling people, but there's, there's always an angle to it. Um, and it might even mean like, cause the biggest thing we're noticing now is like, it's really easy to get eyeballs. Conversions might be down overall, like you're seeing on Facebook or, or wherever as a merchant. Like it's easy to get these eyeballs because everybody's everywhere. But people aren't buying the same. But what we're going to see is as soon as that end date is put in sight, you know, people are just going to start spending like crazy. That's when the gates are going to open up. But if you try to market then, you're going to be too late. And that's why I love how you mentioned community. It's like that's really what email is about. And that's what the top brands have figured out that a lot of the mid market merchants who have just, you know, built on the back of Facebook and like kind of built this company over the last few years. It's like, that's where they need to head and really think about how do I build community? So for example, if you're normally just promoting product, 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 
what can you do to add value and what can you do to just provide some entertainment, to provide something? Um, you know, if you have blog posts, you can feature blog posts. If, you, if you're doing Instagram content, like it's a great time to get people to like, I saw a great campaign. I think it was Chubby's. They ran something where it was like, stay, be the first stay influencer or something. Nice. Really, really creative stuff. Like uh, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. Um, and then obviously like if your product gets people outdoors or solves a prob- problem like that, like we we're talking earlier, like roller skates are crushing like crazy right now. Yeah. But if your messaging is, hey, get the best indoor roller skates, that's not going to work because all the roller rinks are closed. Yep. But yep. if you yep. think this is a great way to get outside, we know a lot of parents are on the list buying for their kids. It's like, hey, get, get them outside, let them get their energy out. Like that sort of thing. Um, and just really pr- promoting like, what's our angle? Yeah, I think, I think that's what you've got to look at is how do we stay true to our brand? And I love that you mentioned that because you know, that, that's something that really shouldn't change. Uh, you, you're, you're maybe going to pivot a little bit in terms of what problem you're solving or how you're solving it or, or the way you're presenting things. But the core of your brand isn't going to change, right? And, and one of the things that... that uh, one, or one great example, and I love this, this company even outside of the crisis, but uh, Huckberry, you know, men's, men's fashion and other things, do a great job with their email marketing. Uh, they've been doing several work from home sales and they've been pitching. I, I think they created this. I don't know. They're the first ones that I've seen to mention it. But the, the, the work from home mullet, and it's basically business up top, party below. So it's like, hey, we know you're rocking shorts or whatever, but here's how you look good from the top up. And so it was like a, a sale on these on these sweaters, and it was it was talked about uh, in a really fun manner. But then they also had you know tips for how do you brew coffee at home that's a little bit unique, you know. So of course there's the tried and true ways, but try something different. Like we all are consuming coffee in in mass quantities. Here's some unique ways to to brew your coffee. Uh, and then they had, you know, show us your work from home setup, tag us and you'll, you know, could get free stuff. You know, so, so it's all kind of geared around, hey, we understand where you are. We're trying to bring a little bit of, little bit of humor to it, not, not making light of the situation, but just bringing a smile to your face, knowing we're all, we're all in this together type of thing. And then, and then giving you some, uh, some bonuses and whatnot. Uh, as well. And so I think uh, you you mentioned it. I've heard a few other people mention it as well, that now's a great time to build your list, to build that community, to get more people following you. Do you have any, do you have any tips or thoughts on that? Like in anything you're seeing that's unique for building an email list right now? Um, or is that even something you're focusing on right now? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think now is a great time to build out your foundation to really get set. Because like we've never had... Yes, things are crazy, but things are also kind of slower in a way. Um, and we've talked, we've been talking about this for years. Like we did, a, Clavio had us do a guest post last year on priming. So like how we get lists primed for Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Like so many people don't even think about that. But that's kind of what you want, need to look at right now is like, how do I get people engaged with our email? And that example that you shared about like, hey, coffee tips, you're getting people to open your email. People love to buy, but they hate being sold. And so you want to, but if they never open your emails because they know you're always selling something, they're never going to buy. So how do we use this time to get people to open more emails? And as far as like the list, I mean, I would say a lot of people right now are looking to save that extra money. They're looking for that free shipping. They're looking for that discount. Um, and a lot of brands are running their sales with just like, even large companies, there's like, yo, here's the code. It's like, well, you could be you could get the same conversion rate off that if you gate it with an email or even like a mobile number opt-in. And then you can follow up with that person. Um, 
it's a great opportunity right now to take advantage of that uh, and really build your list from that perspective, especially as people are looking for it. Uh, and to first-time visitors too, you could segment that out. But um, yeah, don't want to get too deep into the, into the weeds, but that's kind of what we're seeing on our end. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Any any other tips or ideas in, in, in maybe uh, looking at, you know, your kind of your structured email or your scheduled email. Um, and there's, there's another term for it that I'm, that I'm drawing a blank on, but like cadence. But yeah. Cadence. And even thinking about, you know, abandoned cart emails and some of your, your auto email things, uh, re- any recommendations on how those should, should shift right now or, or should they? Yeah. I mean, definitely check those out. Uh, <laughs> like look at all of them just in case. I mean, you're probably too late at this point. Uh, but it would have been a good idea a few weeks ago to just run through all of the emails you had set up and all of your future emails going out just to make sure there's not any messaging that people could find like triggering. Like, so we work with some brands who are really like, for example, if you think of a company like Chubby's who has really fun copy, like we work with a lot of brands like that who sell like, you know, crazy different products. Um, so like in men's skincare and stuff like that. Um, but it's like there, we're kind of toning back the messaging uh, where we might be a little more casual and a little more fun. We just don't want people to take it the wrong way because people are really sensitive right now. Um, you want to look at, and a big thing is like with your evergreen sequences that are set up and always running your abandoned cart, like you could have that mixed in and you just want to make sure that you don't leave that bad taste in, in people's mouth because that's how they're feeling. And then we're a little bit past this since like, like I said, like it's a little... People, a few weeks ago, people were freaking out. They didn't know what was going to happen tomorrow. They weren't sure. It was like the world was going to end and we just were waiting for it to end and we didn't know. But now we've kind of gotten over the hump, it seems, as far as like just people, there's more hope and there's more optimism than there was. Um, and so with that, just just realizing that like now you're going to be able to, you don't have to be as timely as you did a couple weeks ago. Like then, it, like two weeks ago, really good to be talking, like, COVID-19, here's what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. Now it should just be kind of like a bullet on the email. Hey, we're donating to XYZ to support for this, but you're not leading with it anymore because people are kind of back to normal. And I think we're going to see that as we sort of get to the end um, is is think about that. And then also think about like, I mean, 4th of July, Prime Day or whatever, it might even be before that, that's going to end up crushing. Uh, So just also keeping that in mind too. So if like sales are down now, just thinking about, oh, like these could be coming later. So how do we optimize now so we can profit then? Yeah. Interesting. So, so really good. So this is maybe a good time to kind of transition. Let's look at email marketing in general, right? So, so, you know, eventually things will get back to, to normal and then who knows when exactly that will be. There'll be, I, I think probably pockets of the U S that get back to normal much quicker than say New York uh, city as, as an example. But uh, what are some what are some common email marketing mistakes that you see? So just in general, and what what are some of those top mistakes to avoid? And then we'll look at some, kind of some of your top email marketing tips as well. Yeah, for sure. And I love how we're starting with the mistakes. And it, it, I'm going to talk about things that people don't really think about, but actually make a huge impact. I mean, the first thing is actually pretty obvious, which is like not having email marketing, which at this point, you should know that you need email. Like it's the most tested and true channel. It's lasted over like 20 years in e-commerce. It's still a major revenue driver, even for leading brands that are selling billions of dollars per year. Um, And so if you don't have email, you're missing out. But a lot of brands already have email. And that's actually one of the big mistakes that people do have is like you have email, but it's just email to squeeze out extra revenue. 
There's no deeper strategy about how it fits into your brand. So yeah, you'll just, see just purely a tactical play, not and 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 not thinking about the strategy. Yeah, exactly. Or community, exactly. And, and I think it even comes back to like in e-commerce, especially as you're scaling a company, it's really easy to be short-sighted on just like strategy and like, hey, let's throw throw up a sale tomorrow instead of planning. Um, but like, that's actually a huge mistake because when you plan and you have a long-term strategy, you can actually move faster and get even better results. So step one, I'd say is like zoom out and know where you want to go and reverse engineer it. Don't plan for tomorrow, but plan for next month, <laughs> next quarter. Like really the smartest brands are thinking like that because then you're able to pull more levers and really be smart about growth and then integrate that into your email strategy where email becomes this arm of your business and the foundation of your company. And just going deeper there, like another mistake is not thinking of email as this extension of your brand, which it totally is. Like you'll go, you know, if someone has their $100,000, $300,000 e-commerce website that they got the best agency to put together. They have amazing packaging. And then you go to buy and the emails look like, you know, grandma made them. Like no offense to grandma, but I don't think she's the best like direct consumer email designer sure. in 2020. And, and this is a huge missed opportunity because it can leave a bad taste in people's mouth, especially if you have a premium product. Um, and then if the emails don't flow together, all of that, like email is a huge way to not just extract extra revenue for your business that's already there that you need, but also to build a real brand, which that's what's going to last. We've seen the trend over the last you know five years, right? Dropshipping went phew, through the roof. It was this thing, but since it was front heavy on acquisition and there was a bad customer experience, none of those companies are around anymore unless they were able to make the transition into being a real brand. And, and that's the future. Even for these bootstrap companies, like the next leading direct consumer brands probably aren't going to be ra raising tons of money from venture capital because we see that doesn't work. Like Warby Parker was great. The other companies, not as not as good. Right. You're right? seeing, uh, yeah, there, there's definitely been some some bad press about some of these venture-backed D2C brands and, and some even, I think I saw Casper recently that, you know, had a massive valuation in the beginning and, and now it's worth like a hundred million or something like that. Yeah. It's, it's like less than their annual revenue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's really interesting. So, so yeah, the way that plays out going forward is going to be really, really interesting. Um, so yeah, cool, cool. Continue. Other, other email marketing mistakes that you see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like that, that's huge. Like email is a big thing to build your brand. And if you don't have that cohesive experience, like you're leaving a ton of growth on the table. Like you think of a company like Nike, like I would love to see inside their ads accounts because I bet they just like print money like crazy. Me too. Everybody I'd love to manage their ads accounts. <laughs> I know, dude. I don't even know anything about Facebook ads. Well, that's not true, but I know very basic things about Facebook ads. I could probably run good ads for them because they have such a powerful brand. Everybody knows it, yep. and that's what where emails overlooked. It's a great place to communicate your brand, and then from there, like that's how you build a hundred million dollar e commerce company, right? You have a solid brand because because ads can only carry you so far until you get that word of mouth, that brand recognition, even if it's just in your space. Um, then you see better numbers. It's just easier to grow and really looking at email and lifetime value as like one of your top numbers. Cause like we said in the beginning, like return on ad spend, not as great as it used to be. There's more competition every year. I talk to a lot of like brands and CEOs who are like, they're worried about not the big companies anymore. Cause they disrupted them. Right. I don't like the disrupt word, but like they proved that they could come in the space and now they're worried about people coming and doing the same to them. Uh, at an increase in competition in advertising and just making it less profitable. But if you focus on lifetime value, which very few brands are, that's what's going to put you ahead because it's going to put more profit into your business. 
And it's really the lifeblood of every e-commerce business, but I don't think many people know that. They're looking at their return on ad spend every day, but do you even know your lifetime value? Like that's the metric. Very, that's very, very few e-commerce companies do. We talk to e-commerce companies all the time and, and you know, in their defense, it's, it is pretty tricky to, to calculate lifetime value, but I think there's some variations of it and, and you should at least have a goal of getting close to knowing your LTV, you know, for clients, because without that, it's really hard to make marketing decisions, you know? Oh, it's super hard. People don't even know their numbers. And like, that's the last mistake is not knowing your numbers and then not taking your email strategy to work that because email is the highest converting channel. Send more email. You're going to increase your conversion rate. Um, Increasing repeat orders. Best way to do it. It's been proven. It's amazing. Same with like we're saying, like average order value, lifetime value. You do upsells really easily, bundle products, run promotions, do all these things strategically to move those metrics and you just increase your, your traffic or conversions by 25%, your average order value 25%, and your repeat orders by 25%, and you double your business. And we right. even see this with eight-figure clients who are doubling from 10 to 20 million a year and, and beyond. Like it's, it's wild how these little numbers, little increases can make a huge impact on your business. Yep. And it's so interesting. And, and, and it sounds like, uh, and are, are you a Jay Abraham fan? Do you know Jay Abraham? Oh, yeah. Marketing? Yeah. yeah. So he yeah. talks about, you know, the three ways to grow a business and, and it really hasn't changed even in, in the e-commerce world. And he talked about this, you know, decade, a couple decades ago. Uh, but, you know, the only three ways to grow a business are more new customers, increased average order value and increased frequency of repurchase, right? And usually though, when people think grow my business, they only think about that first lever, more new customers, which... I love that. I'm a traffic guy. So we like to bring in more new customers. But if you can just get modest increases in all three of those areas, then then the the overall impact, and like you said, you have 25% increases in all three areas, you double your business. And uh, it's pretty powerful. It's a, it's a cheat code. And don't get me wrong. I'm all for traffic and our most successful yeah, clients yeah. are driving as much traffic as possible. But people forget about the back end often because there's just so much going on. And that's why companies hire us because we come in and then we just execute that. Love um, it. Love it. So uh, now, now let's move on to tips. Just kind of as we uh, wrap up right here or, or near the close of our, our time, what, what are some of your email marketing tips, suggestions, your, your top email tips right now? Yeah. I mean, right now, like one of the lowest hanging fruits is community. Like people are really craving that. Open rates are cut like higher than ever. Email is just cutting through the noise at unprecedented levels that it hasn't in a very long time. And so if you're not emailing and you're taking your foot off the gas, that's a huge mistake. And it doesn't mean, like we talk about, it doesn't mean you have to be promoted. But the number one thing you can do is just be consistent. Be consistent. Be consistent in how often you communicate. Be consistent in your branding and your messaging. You don't want to give people design shock. You don't want people to think, who the heck is this? Um, and be consistent in adding value. These are people on the other side. It's not just, hey, let's send more email, make more money. You're going to burn out your list. It's not long-term. Um, the second thing I would say is like creative is such a low-hanging fruit. And like I'm sure anybody who runs ads knows that like creative is really the one of the biggest differentiators in success of your brand. Yet no brand has good creative on email. Like It's very, very rare because it's just like an afterthought of, hey, let's throw this together. We'll send an email tomorrow. Uh, but you can actually use this to make more money and really build a successful brand. Um, and just it's, and when you say creative, are you are you more concerned about the copy? Are you more concerned about the the design and the aesthetics of the of the email? Or is it both? And any any thoughts there? Yeah, so it's definitely both. And um, you know, a lot of people listen to podcasts like this, and someone will say, "Hey, plain text sells like crazy." And, and sure. 
everybody's like, oh, we should, we should do all plain text. It's like, no, <laughs> like don't do all plain text. Like we do a lot of stuff like that. But ultimately, um, I mean, you want to be really specific about when you use it. But what you want to think about is the average attention span uh, when, it, when someone opens an email is like 10 seconds. It's less than 13 seconds. So how do I grab their attention? If you just have a big paragraph there, it's like, eh, next. And then they yep. have your competitor's yep. email. But if you get something like... Right. Like you want the subject line to open the email and then you want the design and copy to get them to click and then let, let the site do the rest. So a lot of people try to give their whole story and give like 5 million different things in an email. It's like focus on one thing per email, make it look good. It doesn't all have to be, you know, fancy graphics, but make it eye-catching because you only have those 10, those 10 seconds and then make it easy for people to skim because so many people are on mobile. You cram in paragraphs, people aren't going to be able to read it. And then make sure there's like one focused offer works really well because uh, otherwise people get overwhelmed. And when they get overwhelmed, they do nothing. Yep. Um, and, and that's really the basics when it comes to creative. And then also consistency. Uh, you want to make sure everything's on brand. Like I see companies who it's like, even like large companies who like this, you know, they just fire an email every day. Like their button colors will change every day. It's like people aren't going to, people aren't going to know your brand then have a style guide, get it updated. Like branding is really the future of e-commerce. Like if you don't have a brand, you're not going to make it. And email is one of those places where it's super important. Cool. I love it. Uh, actually, I, I know you guys do more than email. So, so any new trends or, or, or tips or ideas around loyalty and uh, some of the other things you're doing, whether it's SMS marketing or, or anything else like that? Yeah. The biggest thing is stop looking at all these things as tactics and start thinking about how they integrate together. Because you could have you know, an SMS program, you could have an email program, you could have a loyalty program, but if they're all fighting for each other, you might see some incremental revenue increase, uh, but you're not going to see any massive growth. And that's really what we do with our clients is we come in and make it like all comprehensive and integrated together so that if you get hit with an email and you don't buy, then you get hit with a text. If that doesn't happen or you go to the site, maybe there's some on-site messaging or like how do we drive people to loyalty? I see brands with loyalty pop-ups on my first visit. I, and I'm like, I'm not going to join your loyalty loyal program. There, bud. Yep. Yep. Uh, what, what is a, you know, a, a something point? It's like a Dylan point. You get a Dylan point, bonus Dylan points on these orders. It's like, I don't even know you yet. Um, like that would be much better if you're trying to capture an email or, or get somebody to make that first purchase. Um, but yeah, mobile messaging is great. It's cutting through the noise too, but you have to be careful. Um, you know, fashion, a lot of people don't know this, but Fashion Nova, uh, they had a $50 million class action lawsuit against them because they didn't follow the rules around, around mobile. And, and this is, it's like email, you know, 15, 20 years ago, they're going to be making examples of brands. Fashion Nova was one of them. You hear about a $50 million lawsuit and you're like, screw that. We're going to operate within your rules. They're still setting those examples now. So you got to make sure that if you're doing SMS stuff, yes, it's easy to fire on a campaign, but you got to think about, am I doing this within the law? Like that's yep. huge. Yep. There's hours you have to send in. There's amount of messages that you can't exceed. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and that could end up costing you literally millions of dollars. Um, so when you're thinking about this stuff, think about how it comes together. And if you want to build a long-term business, also think about, you know, instead of being aggressive for short-term wins, think about how do I build a business that lasts and really create community by just being consistent with my customers and not going too aggressive. It'll also keep you out of the court system. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> how can side. we build a community, be strategic, and yes, keep ourselves out of jail is a good thing. Uh, and so I, I love this, Dylan. This has been fantastic. I think really just if you look at all of these tools, email, SMS, uh, you know, loyalty programs. It's really about 
delivering the right message at the right time in the right way to build community, to build goodwill, yes, to drive sales and increase lifetime value, but, but to do it all away and do it all in a way that builds the brand long-term and, and serves clients and, and does the right thing, you know? Um, let's kind of, as we, as we wrap up, how can people uh, want to get in touch with you if they just want to uh, chat with you or learn what, you know, if WaveBreak can help them? And, and do you have any, any resources or guides or anything that, that people should check out? Yeah, for sure. We, we have a ton of resources uh, on everything I talked about. Obviously, we don't have hours to <laughs> get into this stuff, uh, but we do a ton of webinars, video trainings. We just published a really in-depth guide kind of on this retention marketing as a whole comprehensive strategy for growing an e-commerce brand. That's at uh, waybreak.co slash retention dash marketing. I can give you the link to uh, sure, link I'll it put up. in the show notes. So we'll yeah. Link it there too. Yeah. Waybreak.co slash resources. We also have a private newsletter there where we're, it's not there. our blog post. Yeah. It, it, it's, I'm like impressed with it myself. We get a ton of great feedback on it. A lot of leading brands on the list. And um, yeah, just giving our, giving our insider insights on what we see every day and every week. Like it's real time, straight from me. It's not your generic newsletter. It's like, private newsletter, what's working now with our eight-figure clients. Um, and then beyond that, if you are a brand who is mostly focused on the front end with advertising and know that on the back end, your email, loyalty, and all that isn't working together, it might actually be hurting you and there's just more money and more potential there. You go to wavebreak.co slash call. Um, you request a call with us. And that's still with me. Like I still run all our sales and stuff. So you'll awesome. hop on a call directly with me. And we'll literally just talk like, like you and I are, Brett, just about your business. and whether it makes sense to work together or not. I mean, I'll point you in the right direction. At this point, I know a thing or two about scaling a successful D2C e-commerce company. And I don't know where you're at and, and what you need to do. And if we can help, then we'll go down that path. But that's waybreak.co slash call. Love it, man. Uh, phenomenal insights. I know we're in, in definitely interesting times to say the least from a marketing and e-commerce and D2C perspective. Appreciate you sharing your insights. Appreciate you making all those resources available. Uh, and, and you guys have done fantastic work for eight-figure e-commerce brands. So, so definitely check it out. Check out... Uh, you've got a podcast as well, right? And that's available oh, yeah. at wavebreak.co too. Is that where we'd find that? Yeah, you can check it out there or you can go to wavebreakpodcast.com. So right. another e-commerce podcast, top five yeah. ranked. Uh, we've interviewed ton of great people, founder, CEO, PopSockets, beer brand, all the great companies behind their company, how they've, you know, sold. I mean, at this point, we've got people, I mean, we're probably getting close to a billion in revenue combined of all the people we've interviewed on the show. So Amazing. Some re really good insights there. Um, if you like this podcast, you'll really enjoy it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Wave Break Podcast. Check that out. Also, Dylan, man, bringing it today all the way from PA. Uh, really appreciate taking the time, man. Thanks for sharing your insights. And we'll, uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for inviting me on. Yep, absolutely. And as always, we'd love to hear from you, our listeners. would love that review on iTunes if you feel so inclined. Uh, and with that, until next time, thank you for listening. And that's a wrap. <laughs> All right, man, hey, that was good. I know it was a good At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking. 
like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.